Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Roberts, and welcome back for the seventh Sunday of Easter for the week of June 2nd, 2019, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and I'm excited to remind you that this is the last Sunday of Easter, and I think it's one of these times where we can reflect on what does this all mean, and I think this week there's some interesting things to really think about, to contemplate, and to remember that we're still in this Easter season season of being able to rationalize what has all happened and what is our reaction out of that? How does that affect us moving forward? And I think that's where the really the rubber meets the road, and that's where it's really fun to contemplate and to think about. But I'm excited to have you here. But before we get into this week's podcast, I have to do my shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentaries, their discussions, having seminary professors being able to teach me, a layperson in the church, since I am not an ordained minister, it gives me a lot of context and a lot of different ideas on how to be able to pursue bringing this podcast to you on a week-to-week basis. One final thing before we get into this week's podcast is to contemplate the question from last week, which I think actually starts to kind of flow into this week's discussion, and you'll see that here in a few minutes. But the question was, is have you spent time appreciating bees? And I got a couple responses back to this. I got a couple people enjoying the comparison between bees and how they work and the movement of the Holy Spirit. And that was one of the things that as I wrestled with that text last week, I thought was really kind of fun and interesting to grapple with. But I think it's also one of those things that I did have another response talking about that we don't think about those little things like a bee and how much impact that they actually make to our day-to-day lives and how if that disappeared, how much impact that would cause us in harm that we'd suddenly have to figure out how we're going to feed all these people without pollinators and how difficult that would be. And I think it's one of these things of appreciating is a key word here to think about is appreciating and contemplating what that world would be like without them and recognizing how important they are. And on a side note, I think it's one of the things that we as people really struggle with doing. We really don't like doing it until people are on the edge of death or gone that we really start fully appreciating the impact of what they have done for us. And I think it's one of these things that as a culture, as a society, we really should work on is trying to appreciate the people long before that ever gets to that point to help feel that satisfaction of knowing that they were appreciated, knowing that their work was not in vain. So let's dig into the gospel text this week. The gospel is out of John chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. And this is one of those readings that it's a three-year reading that we get sections of it each year. And you could describe this as praying for the future generations of Christians in this case. Uh, Jesus is then talking about how he has been given part of himself to his disciples and to this future generation so that we may start to understand who he is. 
And I think that's an important part. But for me, it's really one solid verse. Starting in verse 22. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and I have loved them even as you have loved me. Coming from verses 22 and 23. And to me, it was really fun to think about and to contemplate what is glory? What does that fully mean? And the hinge of what I'm going to be talking about this week on the Faith and Science podcast hinges on that word glory, because I think it's a a word that we throw around a lot, and I think we don't really think about what that actually means. What is the implications? What is the impact that that will have on us? That simple five-letter word. But we'll get into that. The first reading is out of Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 34. This is a loaded reading on a lot of fronts, and I think there's a lot of things that it's really interesting that you're tying this with the gospel text that we have this week. Paul and Silas are on the road, and there's this slave girl who is speaking truths. Coming out of verse 17, these men are slaves of the Most High God who proclaim you a way of salvation. 100% true. But Paul gets irritated because we can assume it's either that he gets annoyed with this woman constantly repeating that, or that he gets annoyed with the money changing that is going on, that the slave owners are profiting off of this. He casts the spirit out of her. These money changers then realizing that they have lost all profitability from this woman now, turn him into the authorities, saying that they are Jews and that they are advocating customs that don't fit with the Roman law, coming from verse 20 to 21. So they're flogged, they're thrown in prison. This doesn't stop Paul and Silas from singing praise and praying to God. There's an earthquake. The prison guard finds this, is about to kill himself, Paul and Silas reach out to them that, no, we're all here. There is no need for that. And then they are invited to the jailer's house, and that's when they become believers in the word. A lot there. But I think one of the things, again, that it's really interesting is we had the truth being told, and yet it's still released from this woman so that the profitability is gone. This is another, to me, an interesting correlation between when Jesus is going into the temple and taking care of the money changers. That there's a lot of correlation here about the money and how tracking that, I think, is interesting. The psalm this week is Psalm 97. And again, this is where we're trying to understand the cosmos of what God is. And how he is bigger than all this stuff. He has created all this stuff. He is in and involved actively with all of his creation. And that this is the God that we are rejoicing because of this. And it's something I don't think we, as 
people of the 21st century take enough time to contemplate and to think about, and we will get into that a little bit this week. The second reading is from Revelation, a lot of verses here, so stick with me. It's all out of chapter 22, verses 12 through 14, 16 through 17, and 20 through 21. And this is where we're getting this testimony, this vision of what is heaven really going to look like, but the affirmations of who God is, that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, that we are made clean through all of this, through the testimony of Jesus, that he is the descendant of David, that we are invited to come and we will be washed clean. The one who testifies, who is a believer in Christ, is invited and is washed clean and is made like a saint. The final week here in the book of Revelation, this culmination of what this is all like for us. There is a lot here to dig into, but like I said, and I really want us to think about, is what is glory? And I, as I was working through this, glory can be defined as honor, honor. So if we think about when you honor something, when you appreciate something, you take time, you give it time. So if someone is deciding to give something time, they are giving it honor, they're giving it glory. And that's where, to me, there are times that I get frustrated with different things where we are saying that we are trying to give something glory, but we're doing the opposite. So I'm going to give a couple statements. One of them, I'm sorry, it might get a hair political, and I'm trying not to be because I feel like here in the United States, and it'll be focusing mostly here in the United States on the first example, both parties has blood on their hands on this one. And it's very frustrating to me sitting as my bias toward being an environmentalist, that both sides have lied to us. And that, to me, is frustrating. So, in 2009, the G7 countries met and made statements that they were going to try to decrease the amount of fuel subsidies to incentivize moving toward a more renewable future. And coming out here late in 2018, based on if you know your U.S. culture history here, we have had both parties in control in that period of time. Of the G7 countries, the United States is still spending the most on subsidies. And the funny thing is, is when you are digging into this on how much would it actually cost Americans to get rid of a lot of these, it's negligible. It's a very small amount on how much difference we would see at the pump or in these different fuel costs. The cost is negligible. It's that we really don't want to pursue and push forward. So why is this so frustrating? Why is this so frustrating to me is when we think about honor. In the United States, we love innovation. We love having the cutting edge. But when we have certain scientists who have spent their life's work honoring to try to understand the environment in which we are in, saying that there is dramatic change that is going on in our environment, 
which is backed up even within the United States government itself in the form of NASA. We ignore it. We make promises saying that we're going to do things, and we don't. Is that honor? No. It's not honor because you're disrespecting the people who have spent the time. You're disrespecting your own word by saying that you're going to do something. It's frustrating to me at times because we have this group of people who are taking the time to try to honor the place in which we've been given. Trying to understand and getting us to appreciate the key elements of it, from the birds to the plants to the bees to the air, and that there's things wrong, that things are changing, that things are not going the way they should be. And for us to glorify God, I think one way of doing that is to learn to honor the place in which we are in. And it's frustrating because all of us have this on our hands. I'll give another example. Most people who are listening to this, I would assume, have some type of smartphone device. Do we think about deeply how that came to be? All the precious metals that are inside your device, how did that come to be? The frustrating thing, and I will call Samsung on this, and again, I'll attach a video down below, Samsung's admitted that they're trying to work on it, but some of the ways that they're obtaining cobalt, gold, these precious metals that are needed for making the current technology that we have are not maybe done the most ethically, where it's harming some of the lowest level of society in culture because they don't have cash. And so because we don't want to pay them to keep their margins low, on the cost end so that they can have a higher profit margin and just make it a more sellable retail device. We don't think about this. We consume the final end product and don't think about the environmental cost in which it took to excavate materials to be able to get that device. And we don't think about it when it comes to the end of its life cycle, thinking about did we get the most out of it, and are we going to recycle it in a proper way, and is it actually going to be recycled? Is this honoring the place in which we live? Part of why I get so passionate about this is because I do see this as a direct gift from God, this place that we have. And I know that there are viewpoints that you can look at it as, something to be consumed, but when it's consumed, it's no longer there. If you consume it, it's gone. And I think in the world that which we're in, we're not used to fully thinking about when we consume it, it's gone. Because we use a resource every day that is constantly renewed in air. We breathe in O2 and we exhale CO2 and we have plants to reverse that process. So thus, it's a renewable resource. It's a resource that theoretically we should not run out of. But a lot of these things that we have come to depend upon are not. They're a limited resource. It gets hard for us to contemplate and to grapple with glory, the honor of a place where we have resources like that, and to honor the resource enough to say, well, we're not going to overuse the resource, to misuse the resource. 
we've been told that there is such thing as too much of a good thing. Is that not what we're in today? When I am going through all this, I find it very interesting as I'm reading at this time how Paul and Silas aren't attacking the truth in the slave girl. They're releasing her from the money burden that she was being used as a tool just for making money. The scary thing when I think about that is, isn't that what we have made the world and how we hear about it being used is it's just this money-making machine. I'm not saying to purely get rid of capitalism by no means, but I think there is a way to be able to have it where, yes, there is money still being made, but we're still respecting the space in which we're in. We're not over-consuming. And this is a hard thing as an American citizen because we are used to over-consuming. Right now, in front of me, I have my laptop, which is recording this microphone. I have a second monitor to be able to look at the text as I'm talking to you. I have my smartphone next to me so I can look up the Twitter question at the beginning of the show. And that's just within an arm's reach of me right now. We don't think about the consumption of products that we have. Is that glorifying and honoring people? Are we glorifying and honoring the people who have spent their life working with the environment to say there's a problem here and we need to make changes? Are we glorifying and honoring them in that? That yes, you have spent time to work and to understand this place in which has been given to us by God and that we should respect and honor what you have to say. We can respect and honor and have good questions, but we still have to respect and honor not just by purely tossing it out with the bathwater. Because the issue for me that gets difficult is that we have multiple studies saying the same thing. And yet at times we are reluctant to accept what is being said. We're reluctant to admit that we don't know where all the different precious metals that are coming into the devices, into our homes, are coming from because we see the end product and what the end product can bring to us. We then don't think about the old product that it's replacing and what's happening to it, much less the end cycle of the product that we consumed on where it's going to eventually end up itself. We don't think about it because it's not convenient and it's not a fun thing to think about. But it gets back to what Jesus is talking about. If we're glorifying him, we are honoring him, we would take the time to think about that. We would take the time to think about what this all means. Think about your church community and how often we will have meetings to discuss the worship in a space to help us connect with God. Are we doing the same thing outside those church walls? Are we doing those same things to think about the different things that we are consuming or the different goods that we are being part of to worship God, to think about our environmental impact? Because it isn't just about us then. When we're thinking about our environmental impact, we're not just thinking about us. We're thinking about the other people of the human race here on the planet. We're thinking about the other species of plants that are here, and in my opinion, to glorify God. We have to start thinking beyond ourselves. No matter how hard that means, no matter what economic cost that might cost us right now. Because if we think about that slave girl, the release of that burden allowed her spirit to be able to do more than just proclaim. And it allowed her to do. 
allowed her to be more than just what she was given as a gift at that point. She was allowed to be able to be utilized by God in more effective ways. We have heard the truth proclaimed over and over and over again about a world that is going through vast changes. Are we going to participate in honoring the planet in which we've been given and making a change, figuring out a way to reduce our consumption? Are we going to sit there and claim nothing and do nothing? That's the scary thing. Because I would argue sitting and doing nothing is not honoring what has been given to you freely. And I know this is kind of a somber, deep, hard discussion to get into, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. And I would hope that we can have a constructive conversation about this. Because it's frustrating to me that we aren't seeing this, and we're watching things disappear, but people aren't noticing. Because we aren't spending enough time to honor the place in which we're in, myself included. So the Twitter question this week will be, how do you plan to give glory and honor to the place in which you live? How do you plan to give glory and honor to the place in which you live? Sometimes that's going to mean taking the time to appreciate something like last week. Taking time to really think about and to go and seek to find something. Sometimes it's going to involve action, going and doing something. And sometimes it's going to be that still quiet voice and not fighting with a loud, angry voice, but sitting down and quietly reflecting and talking to somebody on why this is important to you and listening back to them on why it's important to them. This kind of brings together, I feel, a lot of these different Easter subjects in which we've brought together over these last seven weeks. Listening, appreciating, thinking about things. And is that not what the Easter season is about? Remembering and thinking about the cost of what Christ did for us and what is our reaction due to that outpouring of love. That outpouring of love was not easy, was not simple, and it didn't reflect a monetary gain for anyone, but it changed everything. We look at the world in which we are in today, it would be a drastic change, but that's what we need. Be able to glorify and honor, in my opinion, the place in which we have been freely given. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.